Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Key. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What up, baby? Yeah, I uh, was listening to our little intro there. Get you hyped. Yeah, man, the Sixers. The Sixers, like the difference now with the Sixers is like a lot of teams, you go, if this player could only develop this or if this player could develop that, Sixers' main two stars don't have to develop anything. They're there. They just got to stay on the court and work together. That's the difference now. Philly got a real window now. Key, you know how you always talk about snack, crackle, pop to a team? They got that. I mean, Troel Embiid, he's going to be trolling people. James Harden talking trash. I mean, it, it kind of epitomizes Philly to a degree, like that, that grit, right? It's going to be interesting to see. Well, what did I see last night, though? I don't... Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't it. <laughs> you talking about James Harden outfit, or are you talking about Boston smacking him? I'm talking about both, yeah. the outfit and the smack. I'm like, uh, <laughs> that, that was a very, very uh, interesting um, Outfit, I must say, James. Yeah. Want to hear from James Harden? Yeah. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Here is James Harden, the 76ers own James Harden, on whether or not Daryl Morey played a role in his wanting to be a Sixer. For me, I think, uh, you know, just the relationship that I had in Houston, uh, it was basically mutual, but everything was on me. <laughs> for me, it just it, it made sense, man. It's, it's a time where I needed to be around guys that I know that want to win and know that are willing to do whatever it takes to win. And um, the structure here is is unbelievable. That's the goal, man. That's the goal. Like Daryl said, the opportunity, the window is now. Joel is playing the best he's ever played. Um, You know, so my job is to come out there and help him and help the entire team win the championship this year and years going forward. Mm -mm -mm. What does he mean when he's talking about Guys who want to win. Well, you know, that, that's a direct shot at Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's a direct shot about the situation with the Brooklyn Nets and all the chaos that's going around the Brooklyn Nets. You know, another piece of sound that we didn't get a chance to hear, he also talked about reaching out to Doc Rivers. And one of the things I was fascinated about, Aki, he said, you know, I, I want to be coached. I want to be coached by a top 15 greatest coach of all time, which was another direct shot at Steve Nash. So you think about the familiarity he has with Daryl Morey, the continuity he has with the offensive schemes that Daryl Morey has put him in to be successful, the coaching aspect, and then just the commitment overall from the team. Uh, This is James Harden essentially trolling the Brooklyn Nets, telling everybody what the realness is from his perspective. Well, from day one, he always wanted to be a sixer. They couldn't get the deal done with Houston, and then he goes to Brooklyn. So when he walked into Brooklyn a a year ago, his mind clearly was never to be there long term. Um, You know, I thought he was going to be there long term, but clearly that wasn't the case. And when you talk about talking about guys that want to win, he went there with the mindset: okay, they're trading me to Brooklyn. We want to win together. I know KD. I know. Kyrie a little bit, he's cool. We on his, you know, 
But at the same time, now I realize he's not all in the same way I am. It's very difficult as a player to play with people that don't have the same vision as you. It's hard as hell to work with people that don't have the same vision as you, that have their own agendas. And I think that's what Harden is is speaking of and speaking to. And when it was time for him to go to Philly, he didn't have a problem doing it because he feels like, like you said, he got a good coach, he got another top player, and those guys over there want to win. Not that KD doesn't want to win. I think he's speaking solely to the Kyrie Irving situation. Yeah, it sounds that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure Kyrie, from his point of view, is thinking, I've won a championship. Have you won a championship? Like, don't t- mm-hmm. talk to me about winning. Um, on the other hand, he played with LeBron James, and James Harden's never done that. Speaking of Kyrie Irving, James Harden mentioned Kyrie's impact directly on the Nets. Listen. And obviously, Kyrie, me and Kyrie are, are, are really good friends. Uh, you know, whatever he was going through or is still going through, that's his personal preference. Uh, but it definitely did impact the team because originally, you know, obviously me, Kyrie, and Katie on the court, you know, and winning covers up a lot of that stuff. But um, it was unfortunate that, you know, we played 16 games out of whatever it was. And, you know, it is what it is. But um, this is... You know, here in Philly is an opportunity um, that I'm looking forward to. Look, I get that James Harden was frustrated by it. And uh, everything from expecting Kyrie to be on the court to the vaccine situation that may change, uh, even to, uh, you know, rumors speculating around Steve Nash not really holding Kyrie accountable in locker room sessions, but holding James Harden accountable. Um but it's interesting because you do get the feel also from the Brooklyn side of things. Bruce Brown came out the other day and said, hey, there's been a huge weight lifted off the locker room. Uh, a lot of players in Brooklyn felt like James Harden didn't want to be there, made comments about him potentially quitting on their team. I go back to that Sacramento game where he had four points. People were wondering if it was the hamstring. It looked more like a commitment thing to me. But it feels like both sides got what they wanted. He's committed ultimately. to getting traded. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's committed to himself, yeah. which in this business key – Sometimes, you know, you, you have in your head, you want to be somewhere. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I like it, but I get it. Yeah, he was checked out before he was checked in, clearly, <laughs> day one. I mean, that was one of those situations where you look at it, Jay, you mentioned the locker room. When a guy is frustrated, and it's not personal. It's just that when you go into a work environment and a workplace and you don't want to be there, you're not going to give your all. When things aren't going well, you don't give your all. And I think it's hard for people to really understand that because they look at the economic side of things. They look at the money side of things. and They don't look at a person, how a person feels because they can't see a person's feelings. The only thing they can see is, oh, he's an athlete and he's supposed to be playing because they're giving him money. I remember, I don't know exactly when this was, but it had to be at the start of the season when when Kyrie a decision was made that Kyrie wouldn't be a part of the Brooklyn Nets um, and not when he came back and only playing road games. But Stephen A on Stephen A's, not Stephen A's world, but on first take, was having the conversation about how frustrating and disappointing this is going to be for both James Harden as well as Kevin Durant. Maybe more for James and less for Kevin because of the relationship. But at the same time, those two guys didn't go to Brooklyn to sit around and have to deal with something that no one really knew was coming, including Kyrie. But when once everything was found out that this is the way you could actually play uh, and help us win a championship, and he elected to do something different, and they did do it, it became a bigger issue. 
inside that locker room. If, for whatever reason, Jay, the Brooklyn Nets don't win a championship and James Harden happens to win a championship in Philly, I feel bad for Kyrie. Yeah. I really would. I'm going to feel bad for him because people are going to say you're the reason why. They, they won't be wrong entirely. Look, there's a difference. But I hear what you're saying, not giving your all. There's like in a bad situation, you can you can you know obey the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the thing. Like you don't have your heart in it, really. I don't think that's what happened with Harden. I think Harden for the second time in two years deliberately stopped playing without absolutely though yeah. absolutely playing. Max yeah. he he, he just did stopped. but that's because mm-hmm. he's, his heart wasn't no I yeah, well that's it, when that. you when you're not in it man when when you don't want to work and you don't want to be around people you don't care at that point you but like I'm saying I agree I'm but I'm saying something different I agree with that sentiment I'm saying something different there are people in those situations in Harden's case I think he was doing it in a way that made it obvious to the team look I'm not going to play for this franchise. Send me to another franchise. That's how he got out of Houston. That's oh, how he got out of Brooklyn. Right? Absolutely. See, but I, uh, yeah, I just think there are different ways to go about it, Key. The way he got out of Houston, I, I felt, was very unprofessional. And I get it. You don't want to be a place. I think he could just handle that situation differently. Yeah, but it worked. Yeah, he probably, yeah, he he probably could out. have. I no, he do it the way he do it, I guess. Straight talk wireless, <laughs> no contract, no compromise. Aaron Rodgers is one MVP shy of Peyton Manning, which would tie the all-time record for MVPs. So is he about to follow Peyton's path to a second title? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. They're willing, ready, and able to do whatever it takes to further entice Aaron Rodgers to remain in Green Bay. Well, I think it's too little too late. The facts are Aaron has never been better professional. Like, he looks the part. I mean, he's, he just won his fourth MVP. What does it feel like to commit to a season that's what I want to do? And the good thing is I still feel like my body, you know, is in a good place. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say, play ESPN, pops up on your smart speakers. You can download the podcast. One tap uh, app. I one love. tap, one app, one tap. By the way, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. What do you love, Key? 
I love hearing Aaron Rodgers speak. <laughs> it's just funny to me. Always speaking Because he's so full of it. <laughs> oh, he's so full of it. Yes, he's like uh... – you get you get the image like he's uh, stroking his beard as he's trying to you know. <laughs> yes, it's just yeah. like everything is just mm, yeah. calm, cool, collected. Mm-hmm. His thoughts are just so magical. I just yeah. Oh, very zen. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> Full of it's a good way to put it. All right. So USA Today guys reported Monday that new Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, has told members of the team he is pushing hard to. Reunite with Aaron Rodgers via blockbuster trade this offseason. What do you think of that, Key? Well, first of all, I don't think you could trade the picks that you're going to get taken away from you from telling people that you're trying to pursue Aaron Rodgers. So Nathaniel Hackett better be very careful putting that out in the universe because if the league started a little internal investigation, you never know how this thing might turn out because I'm sure – a little tampering. I'm sure Green Bay going to be like, hold on, man. the hell are you doing? Tampering with my guy. So with that being said, that's out the way now. I mean, I like Denver, but I was asking everybody during the break, is Denver really a good team with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, they're a good team with him, but are they a Super Bowl team with Aaron Rodgers when you look at the personnel? Like what are it, they without him? What are they without him, but what are they with him when you look at Green Bay's personnel or you look at Tennessee's personnel? And I could even go further and say look at the Raiders' personnel. And those teams that I kind of play with about what he would look like in those jerseys, the Denver Broncos is probably fourth on that list to me, with Green Bay being one, Tennessee being two. For whatever reason, the Raiders decide to move on from Carr, putting him in that uniform in Las Vegas, and then the Denver Broncos. Mm. I might flip flop Tennessee I would, and Green I, Bay, but yeah, I hear you. I would even have the the Colts before I have the hmm. the Broncos. I, I mean, the Colts are yeah. A, I didn't even a, I didn't even think away. about the Colts. Right, the, the Colts are a piece away. Like, think about how far they've gone with Carson Wentz and uh, uh, the season Jonathan Taylor has had. Are you kidding me? I mean, that would be incredible to see. So, I, I just don't know why. Even if you're Nathaniel Hackett, why set expectations so high? You can internally have them, but why? communicate that to people to have that kind of stuff leak out. It just, it, 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 I have, it, you I have know what I mean? Keep, keep that close to the best. I, I ain't telling nobody about my moves hey, Max, I'm making. Yeah. You know what's so funny about this is he might not even have no picks left to go get him because the league go take him. I, my sense is, guys, I have a different feeling about it. I hear your tampering concern, Key. That's a real thing. Like you don't want to lose. My sense is, man, this is done. <laughs> like they're you think not it's already done. I don't think they're I think once they hired look, from a distance sometimes you look at something and you go, they just hired you know, he's going lauding his OC. He should be a head coach. He's great. Then Denver hires him. To me it feels like how do deals really get done? What are you wait until the deadline officially and it's oh you get, no, people have back channel, agents talk, the whole thing. To me, I think it's very likely, once they hired Hackett, that they already a pretty good idea that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. I, t- time could prove me wrong. That's what it feels like to me. So I- yeah, I mean, no, you, you, might, you might be right, Max. It, it, it certainly smells that way. There's no question about it. But when I listen to Adam Schefter talk about they're willing to go all in and do what it takes to retain him, they're not giving up. You know, it's almost like Kanye and, and, and Kim Kardashian. He ain't giving up. Yeah. He just going to keep 
doing whatever he can, Jay, to make his situation for him better. Yeah, you can and have a whole other family the they're still Packers. not giving up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Rodgers would be playing for the Broncos, won a Super Bowl, Green Bay, so we still want him. All right. Then there's another idea that I've been saying for months. In fact, I brought it up originally before the Niners drafted Trey Lance, and then once they drafted Trey Lance, said it again. Maybe this is part of a bigger thing. But when I say, oh, yeah, you're crazy, is Ryan yeah, Clark are. crazy? Yeah, I've never said that. Here's Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst on NFL Live yesterday. Maybe he can't throw, right? Maybe he's not as accurate. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Maybe he's not as accurate as you need a quarterback to be in a Kyle Shanahan system. So guess what? Oh, we, Let's, we don't want one. Jimmy, right? <laughs> we don't want Jimmy. Trey might not be ready. Let's package them both. Make them somebody else's problem. Green Bay don't want Jordan Love to play. Let's just say, hey, we'll take Aaron. Take our quarterbacks. You now take you both and fire both of them? I fire both. I just- Yo, he does no, sound crazy in that clip, yeah, Keith. Not, not but look, like yeah, you, you, you and him are both crazy tra- thinking about this at all. I understand the sweet spot. I understand the sexiness of alluring, uh, alluring Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco. They wanted to flirt with Aaron Rodgers last year before they drafted Trey Lance. If you remember, Shanahan picked up the phone to call his boy and said, is he available? And it was told, no, he's not available at all whatsoever. Now you look at the situation. You've given up all those picks to move up to get Trey Lance, to take him as high as you did. And then on the flip side of things, you back out of that. You say, well, you don't want to play him this year because he's not ready. You're playing Jimmy G. You get to the NFC Championship game. Now you, Ryan Clark is saying, package both of them up to move him to wherever. I don't know where you're going to move him. Maybe it's Green Bay. Maybe it's not. Maybe you do some basketball type of trade. What else are you going to give up? You don't got nothing. You don't have anything. You're giving me Bolsa? Like, what are you giving me to all of a sudden allow you to have in my same conference the Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl, the NFL MVP? Not going to happen. Well, let me put it this way. When the deal didn't go down last year, my thought was, I wonder if the Niners will draft a quarterback that they believe Green Bay will be interested in down the line. Right, if Jordan Love's not working out, but you want an Aaron Rodgers, you want an athletic guy who, so they draft a guy with a lot of upside, but everyone said would be a project. Maybe Trey Lance has the most upside in the draft, but it's going to take several years, right? So you've stored the value, hopefully successfully from your point of view, of those draft picks in Trey Lance, right? Remember all the rumors, oh, they're going to draft Mac Jones, but they didn't. Mac Jones would make sense in the Kyle Shanahan (laughs) offense, but they didn't. They drafted Trey Lance. Is that pick for them? So now you look at the Packers and you go, they gotta, they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers anyway. You can get a now in Jimmy G, who just outplayed Rodgers down the stretch of that matchup. They went head-to-head. Jimmy G advanced. So here, you could have that dude. And a later, a now and later, a later in <laughs> Trey Lance. Give us Aaron Rodgers. You may have to throw in a little extra compensation, draft pick or whatever. I'd do it for Bosa. I'd do it for Bosa, both players, in two ones. Did yeah, you even get what you just did that. with the whole now and later? Yeah. That, 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 that was yeah, well played. That, point, was, that was nice. I love Now and Laters, by the way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Delicious. Well um, let's not do any free commercials anymore. All right. We've, we've heard from James. Uh, no comment from Key, how I'm thinking about the money. We've I heard, wasn't. I, I got to let you go, man. We know the clock. From James Harden coming up. We got to hear from Ben Simmons, y'all. And the one person he says he has not heard from yet. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. It comes back to Durant. He's arguably the best player in the NBA. He's the player that ties this disparate, weird, changing roster together. I think it's going to be scary having those guys running alongside me. You know, multiple different weapons on the floor. And I think at the pace we want to play at, it's, it's going to be unreal. Another guy on your team that gets double team, which is really valuable. So when you have all that, um, um, you like it a lot. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. So we played you James Harden audio earlier. He's had some interesting things to say about Philly and about Brooklyn and about Kyrie. What about Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons was the principal in the, in the trade, really. You know, Simmons for Harden. Simmons and stuff for Harden. Well, Ben Simmons at the Nets press conference was asked about the thing that made him, like the final thing he said, I got to get out of here. I want to trade. Here it is. It was just piled up. A bunch of things that have gone over the years to where I just knew I wasn't myself and I needed to get back into that place of, you know, being myself and and being happy as a person um, and taking care of my well-being. And that was like, that was the major thing for me. Um, It wasn't about the basketball. It wasn't about the money, anything like that. Um, You know, I want to be who I am and get back to, you know, playing basketball at that level and, you know, being myself. So what about the communication between Ben Simmons and the Sixers? He touched on that too. The, the communication, I spoke to Elton. I spoke to Josh Harris. They called me. I spoke to Doc Rivers. Um, and I spoke to Tobias. There was a couple other places I spoke to about it. And, you know, they, they were happy, you know, for me to just be in a different situation and, you know, to, for me to get back on the floor eventually. So, um, now overall, I think, you know, they, they supported me well enough through this. Did you speak with Joel? No, I did not. Mm. So, Frank Isola. Frank is here with us now. Frank, you and I bump into each other at the seaport all the time. And, of course, uh, when, <laughs> first time I have you on the show, and uh, you're, you're not at the seaport. What's going on, Frank? How you doing? What? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? That's good, Frank. What'd you make of, of what you heard from Simmons yesterday? Well, I mean, there have always been rumors that he and Joel Embiid weren't really getting along that well, so that doesn't surprise me. And 
you know, clearly there was something going on with him because, you know, after I, I always look at it this way, after Kevin Durant had that great playoff run with the Brooklyn Nets last year where, you know, he proved that he was all the way back. After the series ended, he got on a plane, he went to Vegas and got ready to play for the national team. Ben Simmons also got knocked out in the second round, had a disastrous playoff, was, you know, didn't, you know, a disastrous series. He didn't want to, you know, be aggressive in the fourth quarter. He didn't want to go to the free throw line. And he could have played for the Australian national team, and he wanted no part of it. He didn't want to play basketball. So here was Kevin Durant, who had nothing to prove. Mm. You know, had the joy and the passion for the game that he wanted to play. And Ben Simmons, we haven't seen or heard from him since they lost that game seven. So he's, you know, he's got a long way to go to kind of prove that he can get back to being at the level he was at. And a lot, of, a lot of it for me is just getting his confidence back and making free throws. That seemed to be one of his biggest issues last year in that playoff series against Atlanta. Frank, do you think, though, that being getting out of Philadelphia with all the hostility that now that he's moved to Brooklyn, that he can get his game back? He's in a different comfort zone now? Yeah, you know, it's weird, too, because I always felt that the fans in Philadelphia were actually pretty supportive of him. I think they weren't going to be supportive of him after he wanted to be traded and didn't show up at training camp on time and all of that nonsense. But, you know, clearly he was upset at what Doc Rivers said at the end of the playoffs, which I thought Doc was wrong for saying that. But it was one comment in the heat of the moment. You, you know, you kind of get over that. But just like Harden wanted out of Brooklyn, he wanted out of Philadelphia. He got his wish. And he claims he's been working on his game. But you guys know how it works. We'll see. When the games start and, you know, he's out there playing. We know he's a big-time athlete. He's going to defend. He's going to run the court. He can rebound the ball, obviously. But the big hurdle is going to be shooting and not three-point shooting. It's going to be those short jumpers and also free throws. Giannis Antetokounmpo had issues with free throws last year during the playoffs. He solved his issues during the postseason with that great game six that he had against uh, Phoenix, where I think he went 17 of 19 or 18 of 19 from the free throw line, whatever the heck it was. So that, that to me, everyone talks about three-point shooting. You know, DeMar DeRozan the other day scored 40 points and didn't even attempt a three-pointer. So the fact that, you know, I don't think the Nets need Ben Simmons to be a guy that lines up 35 feet outside from the hoop and is knocking down threes. They need him to be a guy that could make, you know, mid-range jump shots and mostly make free throws. That was the biggest issue against Atlanta. He wasn't being aggressive because he didn't want to draw fouls and go to the free throw line. Frank, let's go over to the other side of the equation with the Philadelphia 76ers and Joel Embiid and James Harden. And one of the things I've been talking about is Doc Rivers. The situation that occurred with Doc Rivers with the Clippers – Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, not wanting him to be there, him getting moved out, essentially. And then last year, I know that Ben Simmons was a scapegoat for the 76ers, but they were up multiple uh, games, double digits, 20-plus points one game, where they couldn't close out. And people started to question Doc Rivers in the scheme as well. How do you think he manages the personalities of James Harden and Joel Embiid? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Jay, because to your point, Joel Embiid right now is having an MVP type of season, and you bring Harden in, you know, when Harden was on the Nets last year, you know, Kevin Durant was out for a while. A lot of things going on with COVID. Uh, um, Kyrie had his stuff going on. He wasn't with the team. James Harden was right there neck and neck with uh, Jokic as the MVP of the league until he had the hamstring injury, missed a bunch of games, and that kind of eliminated him from uh, from contention. But Doc's going to have a lot on his hands because you want to keep Joel Embiid playing at a high level. You have to incorporate James Harden, who likes having the ball in his hands, likes to work the shot clock really late, and, you know, Take threes, and you know this. I mean, Embiid doesn't really isn't really going to set high screens all the time and dive to the basket mm-hmm. like Clint Capella did, or you know, whoever was playing center for the Brooklyn Nets. He likes having the ball in different spots on the court. So who knows how that's going to work? I know this. Harden was motivated last year when he got to the Brooklyn Nets. There's no question about it. 
And when he wasn't 100% in the playoffs, he hurt his hamstring. To his credit, he went out there and played when he wasn't close to being the player that he was during the regular season. So for him, again, this is something that he wanted. It's the second time in 13 months that he uh, got his way and got out of town. So it's going to be a lot of pressure on him. But if they don't win, there's already been whispers about Mike D'Antoni maybe because Mike D'Antoni obviously has a relationship with Daryl Morey, James Harden. There'll be pressure on Doc Rivers. I I think if they don't get out of the second round, you know, Doc could be in some trouble. I don't think that's necessarily fair. I just think that's the reality of it. Wow. Frank Isola, Yes Network and Sirius XM NBA radio host, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Does this trade make sense for both sides, though, in the end? Or did both sides get ultimately better? I think I think in the short term, it definitely helps both teams. I think in the long term, it helps both teams because probably one of the more underrated stories of the NBA season is that Kevin Durant has already signed an extension with the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn, he's already signed the extension. He's going to be there three or four more years, and you have Ben Simmons under contract. And you guys know it, Kevin Durant is off the charts. And he is he makes everyone around him better. When he's healthy, he plays hard. He makes the right plays. He He's unselfish. He defends. He rebounds. He's only going to make Ben Simmons better. And then you, you add into it Seth Curry, who in, in theory is replacing Joe Harris, who you don't know about him, his status for the rest of you with his ankle injury. And even Andre Drummond, the Nets, the Nets needed size. They had no size this year. And in the first game that the two of those guys played, they made an impact. So, yes, the Kyrie situation needs to be sorted out, absolutely. Ben Simmons you know, still has to prove that he can be an effective player in terms of shooting the ball. But because you have Kevin Durant, you know, again, you guys know this, the, the last 10 finals games the guy played in with the Warriors, they went 9-1. It's hard to win one finals game. This guy was nearly undefeated in the 10 games that he played with them. He's still a terrific player. And if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm over the moon that I get a chance to play with Kevin Durant. Because Kevin Durant is only going to make Ben Simmons better. Yeah, and Frank, when you think about the shooting on the Nets, if Harris gets healthy with Seth Curry, they have like 45% shooters around Simmons. They could do like an extreme version of what Giannis did in Milwaukee if they put the ball in his hand. But I want to get back to Simmons in a in a particular town. Like I think you're 100% right. They took it easy on him in Philly. They supported him in Philly until he finally just didn't show up in the playoffs and wasn't really being accountable for it afterwards, right? What about Brooklyn, Frank? Because the the energy in, in at Barclays is not like with the Sixers or in MSG with the Knicks. They're a national brand, but they but on the other hand, it's the New York media, it is Brooklyn. What do you think? How do you think the fans respond to Simmons and he responds to the fans if things don't go well in Brooklyn? And Max, you're 100% right. It's, you know, the, the Nets uh, are actually more of a national team right now than they are of a local team. And I think for Kyrie and Kevin Durant, you come to Brooklyn, you get all the trappings of New York, but maybe not as much pressure. Listen, ultimately, if you don't win, there's going to be pressure on those guys because the expectation is you come together and, and you win. But I think I think the Nets fans will embrace him because I don't think they look at it as, oh, he wanted out of his last city. They look at it as, look, oh, look who we got. Same thing when they, when they got James Harden last year. James Harden pulled the same stunt in Houston where he all of a sudden wasn't showing up for games and wanted to be out. And the Nets, Nets fans um, embraced him with open arms. That's why I think for Simmons, it, it's really a win-win. You get to play in a big market. You're playing for a contending team. And you're playing with two guys in Kyrie Irving. We've seen what he's done in the finals with Cleveland. He had the 41 points in a road game. He had the biggest shot in the history of that franchise in the game seven. And then you get Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the league. I think for Simmons, 
I, again, I don't like the way that he handled it. You know, I, I think you should when you, you should report to work if you're under contract. But hey, ultimately, you know, he's he's out of Philadelphia and he's in Brooklyn. And I think in this case, it could not be better uh, any better. Championship team, and you get to play with Kevin Durant. You can't ask for better than that. And, Frank, you know, you and I both know that the energy at the Barclays Center, it's a completely different vibe than it is at MSG and some of the anger that MSG fans can throw your way. It's not the same in Brooklyn. But speaking of anger being thrown somebody's way, and he's having a pretty decent year, I want you to listen to what Stephen A. Smith had to say on Stephen A.'s world on what the Lakers should do this offseason. Day one of the offseason, Rob Palenka needs to be on the phone shopping his big man just to see how much Anthony Davis is worth. Because what other asset do the Lakers have to help them retool for what we all know is coming? That would be life after LeBron James. Russell Westbrook with $47 million left on his deal for next season? Hell no. Draft picks? The Lakers don't even have a pick until the year 2023. That would be next year. The only asset they do have is Anthony Davis. So, Frank, with that being said, like, you know, we started throwing around names. I mean, it, first off, do you see that being something the Lakers should do? And secondly, if you do, what are some of the names of players or teams that Rob, Rob Palenka should be on the phone with? I, I do think there would be a market for Anthony Davis. But the only thing about Anthony Davis, how much are you going to give up for a guy who clearly I think is a number two guy, as a number one guy in New Orleans, I think they only got out of the first round one time. And the, the issue with him you know, LeBron James is 37, year old, 37 years old. There has to be nights where he thinks, can somebody else carry the team for a week or two weeks? Does it always have to be me? And there was a moment this year, you know, they went to Milwaukee and they played the Bucks, And he wanted no part of, of Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think, when they, I think when Frank Vogel said, Anthony Davis, you're going you're gonna to defend Antetokounmpo, he said, good, I'll take Thanasis. And they said, no, 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 you have Giannis. And he said, no, no I, want, I want no part of that guy. And Giannis dominated them in Milwaukee. He dominated them. In L.A., I, you know, they got a title out of Anthony Davis and LeBron. I just think it, it's it's too much all the time to ask LeBron to constantly carry the team. They need more out of him. That being said, I still think there would be a pretty big market for him because when he's healthy, which isn't all the time, he can still be productive. Frank, it'd be like Jason yeah. Tatum with the Boston Celtics, considering people aren't sure whether Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can coexist together, even though they have been playing exceptionally well since they got Derek White. It's it's funny too. On our show, whenever the Celtics lose, yeah, the big theme coming out of Boston is we got to break those two guys up. <laughs> now you watch the way they play. I think you get the right point guard for that team. I, see, they're young enough where I still think they could be successful together and make it work. They're too talented, those guys. And to your point, look at the way they played the last two or three yeah. weeks. And look what they did last night to Philadelphia. They ate the, they ate them up. So I, I I'm always I'm never that crazy about breaking up a tandem. That's that, that's that young. To me, they need a point guard. They couldn't get this guy, but imagine if Chris Paul was on the team with yeah. those two guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the kind of leadership he would bring and how much he would help them along. To me, I, I can make that work in Boston. I just got to find someone else to play with those guys. You know, Frank, the problem with AD out in L.A. is when we acquired him in, via the trade and I gave up all those picks, many people out here, we felt, okay, we're going to get a nice three- to four-year run because of LeBron's age, and we'll probably get a chip or two out of it. Now LeBron is obviously on the backside of things. When you look to it, you say to yourself, we would move on from AD, in my opinion, but what are we getting in return? This is L.A. We got to get a superstar young player, right? We can't get a 
just a, a, a guy. We need somebody to replace LeBron James if we're moving on from AD because AD, in many people's eyes, like yours and Jay's, who are NBA experts, say he's just a two. I'm not an NBA expert, but I certainly know basketball, and he looks like a two to me. So what do we do? Like, who are we going to get in exchange for that in Anthony Davis? And and that's why you start looking at teams where guys have got, you know, a a team like Miami, which has players, and they have a way of doing things down there, where if they ever had a guy like Anthony Davis, you know, somehow, you know, Pat Riley, Eric Spolster, and the rest of that group down there would make it work. Again, I think it's difficult. You know, I, I wouldn't be so surprised if LeBron is thinking, you know what, I gave them my championship. Maybe I should move on. Maybe I should go back to Cleveland. That's the team that's, that's young and doesn't know how to win yet. Maybe somehow I could make my way back there. I, I agree with Stephen A. from this standpoint. The future, you know, you look at teams in the Western Conference alone, forget about the East, and you look and you say, who is a brighter future right now? This team of the Lakers. And I understand it's L.A. and players always want to go there, but everything that they've given up the past couple of years, and now they're locked into Russell Westbrook for another season and the draft picks that they gave away, it doesn't look great. It's not going to be easy for them to rebuild. I could definitely see them moving on for Anthony Davis, but the key is going to be you better get something back and in the terms of players and in draft picks, and I don't know where that would be right now. I would think something in the Eastern Conference where you have young players. Jay mentioned Jason Tatum. If I were them, I'd... I I want Tatum. I can't see Boston doing something like that. Well, I mean, it's probably the question is: Does Anthony Davis weigh enough on the trade scale that you can get a, another guy like a Tatum, even if it's not a direct trade, if it's a three-team trade? I think probably he does. He has enough weight in a trade that you can get something back good. That is the great Frank Isola. Speaking of something good, thanks, Frank. All right, Frank. All right, All right Frankie. Frankie. This is Keyshawn J. Willimax coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Let's get back to the NFL and another quarterback who might be on the move. What my eyes see, being objective, Carson Wentz is not answering. If I'm a defensive play call, if I'm a defensive player, I have no fear in my heart, no concern when two drops back. I think he's done in Indy. I mean, I think when you look at what happened with Wentz and the way the season ended and you hear all the things and reports coming out of Indianapolis. He has just been very, very average. You know, this could be the absolute worst case situation if you're the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Mortensen reported on Sunday that the Colts will release or trade Carson Wentz before March 18th. The Colts will save $13.3 million if they release Wentz by March 18th, already on the hook for $15 million of dead cap. Will Wentz even be a starter next season? Let's play better or worse or the Jeez. same. Evan, let's go. It's a legit question. Going through these teams, will Carson Wentz be the starter? Is he better or worse than the same or the same as the option they have? Carson Wentz on the commanders, better or worse than the same. Key, go. I think they're better. I think they're a better football team, no question about it, because of what Ron Rivera wants to do. Run the football, play defense, and not have a quarterback make mistakes. That's on the coordinator. I think they're better, but I think they're slightly better. Taylor Heineke can make plays. We've seen him do it. Slightly better. I think they're the same. I think Taylor Heineke is trending up, and I think Carson Wentz, nice bounce back season, but is what he is, and I think the guys like playing with Taylor Heineke, it seems to me. I haven't noticed that about Wentz and his teammates. Mm, mm, mm. All right, Broncos, better, worse, or the same with Carson Wentz? I think they're the same. Carson Wentz is no better than Teddy Bridgewater as far as I'm concerned. Yep, I would say the same. Yeah, I'm with him. Yep. Same. Evan? Titans, Carson Wentz, better, worse, or the same? Worse. I think they're a worse football team uh, with Carson Wentz at the helm. I know Ryan Tannehill made those three interceptions in the divisional round, but 
it wasn't like he did it all season. I agree, Key. Worse. I, I think <laughs> I'm saying this. Ryan Tannehill brings more to the table offensively than Carson Wentz. I think clearly worse. Ryan Tannehill's good. Yes. It's just he had a very bad game when he needed to have a good one. But I don't think Carson Wentz is good. I think Carson Wentz is okay at this point. I think Tannehill's better than okay. Texans, better or worse or the same with Carson Wentz or Davis Milski? Probably the same. <laughs> they don't have much. <laughs> this is where we're going, Davis Mills and Carson Wentz. I, gotta, I, I, I would say better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say better for Carson Wentz over Davis Mills, I, yes. I, I can't say that because, again, I'm looking at trajectory. Okay. Uh, Davis Mills looked pretty good for a young player getting a first shot. I don't know. I think they're about the same. I think Davis Mills might have been the best rookie quarterback yeah. late in the season. Yeah, that's what I, I said. About, they're the same. Yeah, the I want to see what team? he does in okay. year two with Pep Hamilton as the OC. That's a, yeah, that's man. He has some team to watch. He has some promise. Like Stop. he looked, like what Key says. He looked nice I, and good. I, and he I know, could, you know we're poo-pooing on Carson Wentz, but let's not poo-poo no, all but Davis the way Mil- now. Davis Mills is legit. He was yeah. almost a first-round pick. Yeah. On a lot of people boards, he was a first-round well, guy. I mean, I don't, you're acting like Carson Wentz. I'm not, but I'm not going to – Carson Wentz is not out here. He's not trash. But Davis Mills is trash. Yeah, but Davis Mills is not trash. Okay. Carson Wentz is a bubble type Put that in the poll. Let's see how the people react to that. Texans. Oh, we did. Dolphins. Better or worse the same with two or Carson Wentz? Again, I think think based on what they're doing, it's the same. They're not going to be better because of Carson Wentz. I'm going with worse. I, I I have faith in Tua. I like the way Tua ended the season. I, I think he's going to be legit in this league. Yeah, I would say worse. Tua's had a, you know some time there, and he's improved every year. And, yeah, I think worse with Wentz instead of Tua. All right, uh, Max, I'm going to start with you. Giants, are they better or worse or the same with Carson Wentz or Daniel Jones? Again, I would say worse. I mean, Daniel Jones has issues. But athletically, he has more than Carson Wentz right now. And he's never really been put in a position to succeed, where as Carson Wentz has. We've seen what Carson Wentz has done. I'd like to see what Daniel Jones could do. Yeah, I'm, with yeah, you. I'm not going to do that to Carson Wentz. They're going to be better. Max, you just don't like Carson Wentz. Just no, I swear. I, no, no, no. You They're don't like him. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones is the type of dude that you look better. at and say, hey, you can get a Daniel Jones. You can yeah, get a Mitch Trubisky. Nah, That's your type of dude. Mitch Trubisky better than Daniel Jones and me. Todd McShay's latest mock draft and a quarterback going to the Big Easy, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.